In today's gospel, our blessed Savior says to the Jews, I should be like to you a liar. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. I was out on my kitchen porch the other night enjoying the last of the balmy spring weather, praying my rosary, when all of a sudden there was a large rumble and then a whoosh, and the porch sank several inches with a great sort of a bump. One of the supporting planks of wood had rotted away. But the deacons came by yesterday. It's ever so handy having deacons around. And they fixed it up in a jiff. There was no trouble at all. That usefulness is not only, though, for fixing porches, but also for preaching. We've heard all of our four deacons preach this Lent. And I'm starting out my sermon this morning with stories because somebody said the deacon who told the story of the quicksand gave the best sermon. Why was that? Because it's a story, and a story draws you in, and you listen to it. This reminds me of a story from my own youth. I was an 18-year-old novice, a training monk in the monastery, and I was often assigned to work with the Father Prior, who was a dear old soul, and he spoke a combination of Dutch and of English and of French, often in one sentence. And wanting to be just the very best novice ever, I would strain to hear and to understand what he said. Well, one afternoon we were working, I remember, in the basement, and <coughs> there was something that needed to be lifted up, and the Father Prior quoted to me the old French saying that he was very fond of. Actually, though, it comes from the Greek mathematician Archimedes. Donnez-moi un levier, et je souleverai le monde. Give me a plank, give me a lever, and I'll lift up the world. Stories. Now this story, this morning, is because they're telling you stories, lies actually, lots of stories, for a long time now. And these lies are not to lift you up, but to pull you down, put you in your place, soulless, under surveillance, owning nothing, duly injected, and happy, they say, in the New World Order. It's a steady diet of lies anymore. Now, today's gospel, just now sung by the deacon of the Mass, hangs on lies, as on a hook. Just before today's gospel begins, our Lord had told the Jews there in the temple, if you do not believe me, it's precisely because I am speaking the truth. Then our Lord goes on to say, can any of you convict me of sin? If not, why is it that you do not believe me when I tell you the truth? The man who belongs to God listens to God's words. 
It is because you do not belong to God that you will not listen to me. Note what the Jews do. When your opponent has nothing to answer you with, he resorts to insults. Then the body of the gospel is sort of a back and forth. Our Lord says something, and then the Jews say something insulting in turn back to him. Towards the end of the gospel, they're talking about Abraham. Art thou greater than our father Abraham? The Jews ask. He's dead. Prophets are dead. Whom dost thou claim to be? If I should speak in my own honor, our Lord answered, such an honor goes for nothing. Honor must come to me from my Father, from him whom you claim as your God, although you cannot recognize him, but I have knowledge of him. If I should say I have not, I should be what you are, a liar. Yes, I have knowledge of him, and I am true to his word. As for your father Abraham, his heart was proud to see the day of my coming. He saw it and rejoiced. Then the Jews asked him, Hast thou seen Abraham, thou who art not yet fifty years old? And Jesus said to them, Believe me, before ever Abraham came to be, I am. And you know the Jews understood the reference. It was to Exodus, God speaking from the burning bush, I am who am, because they took up stones to throw at him for blasphemy. But our Lord hid himself and then went out of the temple. Our Lord calls the Jews liars. What's a lie? It's a violation of the Eighth Commandment. Three things are necessary. You have to speak an untruth. It can't just be thought. Second, it's you have the knowledge, you know that it is untrue. And then third, the intention to deceive, to lead others into error. This is very important. Lying is a sin against society as well as an offense against God. It attacks the very foundations of society. You destroy those, you let them rot away, and you will fall. Men can live together and make progress together only so long as they can trust one another. Civilization is built on mutual dependence. And mutual dependence without mutual confidence is un thinkable. The liar has destroyed the confidence which his fellows should be able to place in his word. Forget about politicians and the news media, but even now the medical industry doctors in hospitals show themselves often not worthy of our trust. We've been following the lie for over two years now. Why do they lie? Lying, you see, is the lever which lifts them up and you are the counterbalance under their feet on the floor to make it work. It's to keep them up and you down. Our seminarians 
used to be known as the Gang of Four, even though they weren't supposed to have nicknames, named after uh, that cultural revolution in China in the 1960s. Those were the four leaders of it. Well, I thought that was rather a drear title if they had to have a nickname, so I renamed them the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse for an apocalyptic reference. Besides, our Lord was great on giving people nicknames himself. The Four Horsemen appear twice in the Old Testament and again at the end of sacred scripture in the book of the Apocalypse in the sixth chapter. The first is Christ, and he rides a white horse. He goes forth with his bow <coughs> to subdue the world by his gospel. Second comes a red horse for the shedding of blood. He takes away peace from the earth. That's the persecution of the church. And they shall kill one another, scripture says. Third, you see a black horse. That's famine. That's what they're working on now, want. The rider holds scales with which to measure out food which is, soul, which is sold then. Maybe this, this rider is on his way here. And last comes the pale horse, Thanatos, death is the rider. Massive deaths, plagues, mortality. In scripture, these four horsemen represent <coughs> the judgments and the punishments of Almighty God, which will fall on the enemies of the church at the end. In the meantime, However, the four horsemen model, perhaps for Satan, a way of persecuting us today. <coughs> because Satan is the ape of God. But with this one difference, today's horsemen ride in virtual reality. They're made up. It's artificial, evoking an essentially imaginary reality. War, war is always contrived, more or less. War being used today specifically to collapse the current economic system and to lead to worldwide bankruptcy. Famine, famine is being totally engineered today. No need for it except in order to crash everything. Again, to make you feel desperate. You'll hear the same thing about climate change and the cyber attacks they're talking about. And then, last of all, to remake humanity, boys to girls, and so forth. The plague is represented by the pale horse sickness. We've been there, though. We've done that. It's all a world of fiction used to create an all-too-real world of hurt and a real world of horror. But back to Archimedes. What counts in all of this is the plank, its positioning, 
as a lever to lift up the lie and to crush you beneath. Now pay attention. The leader of this, of this whole program, the World Economic Forum, Davos it's known to for its meeting place in Switzerland, the leader is now bragging that beyond abolishing money and introducing <clears throat> Chinese-style social credit, note they always tell you what they are going to do in advance. And when there's no reaction, then you're brainwashed. And they go on to the next stage. They call the ultimate goal genetic editing for a new mankind. One of them, an Israeli Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, says, the elites can hack now the human organism, which means that they will be able to re-engineer life itself. And then he mocked and he said, there's no God up in the clouds. Their cloud is the internet. That's what matters. There's no soul. There's no free will. The elite are the gods of this new humanity and they believe in intelligent design and they are the ones, the oligarchs, who are doing the designing with the worldwide jab now having been taken the first step in this anti-creation. There can only be one God, though. So today, they will take up stones to cast at us, canceled, banned, castigated, crazy. We may very well, one day, have to go out and hide. This is the time of the church's passion. The cross is covered, for it is covered today with contempt. But Christ reigns still from its wood. And by the wood, the plank, the lever of the cross, the whole world will be lifted up to Almighty God in Jesus Christ is God. God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.